welcome to All Things Military and Veteran Podcast. Our guests throughout the year will include enlisted officers and those who serve our veterans. Your questions and comments are always welcome. Info at epccpv.org. My name is Kent Jarnig, and I'm the founder and chair of the El Paso County Colorado Progressive Veterans, a local veterans group with over 1,300 members. I served in Vietnam as a combat medic, and today I help my brothers and sisters who have served our country. Our podcast today is about VA disability. How do you apply? What does the VA accept as a disability, and what are the benefits? This probably is going to be a little bit longer than I usually make these podcasts, but I try to include what I think are important things, which are questions I get from veterans when they come up to me at events, and they say, hey, what about this? And I've learned answers, hopefully, for everything. Well, that's crazy. Of course, not everything, but everything so far. Okay, let's get started. VA disability is an extremely complex and confusing. What counts? What doesn't? And VA math. Who made that one up? A VA disability needs to be connected to your military service. Many veterans assume that means it needs to be in your medical records during service. That is false. Obviously, there are many things like cancer that take years, even decades, to be diagnosed. What that means is if you leave the service and then have a vehicle accident with permanent injuries, you can't get disability for that. You know, just because you're in the service doesn't mean the VA is going to pay you for anything and everything that happens to you throughout your life. Then there are those who think narrowly about what occurred to them during service and just apply for maybe two or three things, maybe even only one. Even if you win them all, you will be lucky to get even 50%. Instead, go to our website where we have 163 presumptives listed. This means... If you have ever or are now being treated for any of these, you will get an award with the exception you need to tie it back to your service. The key here is secondary to. That's actually a VA term. A disease or an injury is secondary to the primary disease or injury that happened during service. Exactly what does secondary mean? Okay, let's use me as the official guinea pig. I am diagnosed with chronic kidney disease and received a 60% disability for that. However, kidney disease causes many other problems, such as the inability to absorb vitamins and minerals. 
That issue, even though it is easily treated with over-the-counter pills, becomes secondary because, and you got to remember this one, because it can't be cured. That's a key here. My secondary awards total 160%. That, of course, is before VA math. Secondary awards typically are how most people get to 100%. Now, if you are diagnosed with something and the doctor performs surgery and you are cured, you receive no disability award. In other words, tied to service and incurable. Tied to service and incurable. Never, ever get an attorney to apply for you. It's a total ripoff, and they make their money but by delaying your award for years, even decades. And I'm not making that one up. I hear about it all the time. Oh, I applied 20 years ago, and my attorney says he's working so hard for me. Ah, oh, bullshit. I can get uh, an application, an award, in a matter of several weeks. That is all it takes. The rest is bullshit. Also, don't apply yourself. Very first time I applied, I went, hey, I'm pretty smart. I'm a college grad. I can just go in here and do it myself. How tough can it be? Well, it isn't hard at all to apply. But if you don't know what you're doing, you're going to lose. Or as a minimum, you're going to get much less than you deserve. First of all, you don't know what to apply for, how to tie it to service, and how to phrase the application into VA speak. That is those crazy words that the VA goes, oh, this guy really has this and that, rather than, wonder where the hell he made that up. So, get a VSO. Virtually every VFW in American Legion has someone trained to do this for you. The problem here is some are good and some, well, not so much. In El Paso County, Colorado, in case you're outside of the state, go to the El Paso County Veterans Services. These are all veterans and they are paid by the county, not the VA. I swear that some of the people working the VA are there to turn you down, not to help you win your award. These people at the El Paso County Veteran Services, they want you to win your award, and they will work towards that goal. Next, go to our website, epccpv.org. Okay, EP, El Paso, CC, County Colorado, PV, Progressive Veterans. Okay, click on the resource button. It's right there at the top. It's called resource. And then there's a drop-down screen. One of them says 163 presumptives. Write down everything that you have ever or currently being treated for that is in this list. You should have 10 to 15 
sometimes even more. This is the list you hand to your VSO. Remember, it isn't the VSO's job to guess what you should apply for. They will advise, but each and every one is your decision. The VSO then writes this up in VA speak and uploads to the VA. Within two or three days, not months or years, two or three days, you will start getting appointments for your disability exams. You will be paid mileage for each of these appointments automatically. You don't have to do anything. You don't have to apply for it. If you drive half a mile, you'll still get mileage. The key here is that these doctors, and it might be a nurse practitioner, um, something along those lines, but the key here is they're usually retired military. I've had quite a few colonel doctors, and their job is to listen to you and answer factually whether they believe that you are correctly uh, applying for a disability. In my experience, and I've had a lot of these, the exam doctors want you to win your award. Before you walk in for your appointment, the doctor will have reviewed your VA and military medical records. Now, I don't know about you, because obviously I have no idea who's listening to this, but I personally have right now probably north of 7,000 pages in my medical records. Obviously, nobody's going to look at all of those. They don't have time. So they can go in and search a broken leg or something, and they'll come up with all the records associated with that regardless of when they occurred. So let's say you break a leg in Vietnam, and now 50 years later, you have arthritis, you're having trouble walking, uh, maybe you've had some surgeries, it's not working. That's what this is all about. If for any of the things you're applying for were diagnosed by a private doctor, which is fine, but you need to bring those doctor notes and all labs and imaging reports to your VSO before applying. Let me repeat that. Before you apply, you bring the private doctor stuff. During the exam, it's usually too late to offer those. So do it beforehand, and it becomes part of your electronic record with the VA. The examining doctor will be looking at a computer screen. On the screen is a list of standard questions. Okay, this is a big deal. It used to be the place that they sent the results to might have a high probability of proving or a low one because they're all different. One doctor has one question, another one something else. And it was a luck of the draw whether you actually got an award. Also, think before you answer. Don't lie. Don't exaggerate. However, don't expand beyond answering the question. Don't embellish it. You know, you may end up accidentally saying something 
that the doctor will go, oh, well, that's not caused by this, will decline. So just use common sense here. The exam doctors will upload your answers and their recommendation that night to the VA for a final decision. In other words, the exam doctor doesn't make the decision. They make a recommendation. The decision is to deny this guy's full of crap or this woman doesn't know what she's talking about. No way, deny it. Or they award a specific percentage. That is not the exam doctor's job. There's this yes or no, black or white. Then when it gets to the VA, they look at everything, the answers to all the questions, the medical records, and they go 30%, 50%, 10%, whatever the number is, including 0%. Yep, I've got three of them. But that doesn't mean anything negative. Um, I won't bother to go into it, but uh, uh, it is one of the options. If denied and you think this was wrong, tell your VSO and they will appeal. All you got to do is send them an email or call them on the phone, whatever is most appropriate with your VSO, and say, look, I was denied for blank, blank, blank. Please appeal. I think that was incorrect. Appeals take from one day, and they're uploaded electronically, so one day is literally the next day, to possibly a month or two. If there are some questions... And I had one of those, which was interesting, but I won't bore you with why it occurred. The last time I applied, I was denied three of the 15 I applied for. And I was awarded two of them on the day they received my appeal. Now, think about that for a minute. I appeal goes up electronically. Next day, it hits somebody's computer screen somewhere. They look at it and go, oh, yeah, you should have gotten these two. It used to be anywhere from six to eight years before an appeal was resolved. Okay, also, if you look back at what I just said, I got two out of three. Well, that third one, I still believe I should have gotten. I mean, if they had given me zero for it, I would have been okay because they were recognizing I had an issue. But I was already at 100%, so there wasn't any purpose to it. I mean, getting extra awards that aren't going to result in anything is kind of pointless. Okay. Yes, 100% is the most that you can get for a VA disability. And it currently is paying about, are you ready for this, $4,000 a month for life. And it comes with survivor benefits. If you're married and you die first, which... Given the fact that you're getting disability, odds are pretty good that's going to happen. Well, 
you know, survivor benefits do make a difference. They're not going to get four grand. It's going to be probably around uh, 1500 now nah, more than that, 1800 But it helps. It's something that your spouse is going to be able to stay in their home or relax some. Okay. Now, also, the survivor benefits go to a spouse. They don't go to your girlfriend that you're living with or your boyfriend or the kids or anything like that. But um, if you have minor kids, it will go to them and they will be cared for. Your parents also uh, can get benefits if they're caring for you. Okay, so 100% is all you can get, and once you're there, forget about it. Nope, that's not right, actually. There's all the secret stuff that the VA never tells you. First, if you have a loss of organs or extremities or the use of them, in other words, you were shot in the arm and no longer have use of it, uh, then you can apply for special monthly compensation. This is totally separate from VA disability, nothing to do with it. So you can be awarded 10% for something and get special monthly compensation. Now, this runs from about 165 bucks a month on top of your disability, whatever it is, all the way up to more than 5000 a month. If you're keeping track, we're now talking 9000 a month if you're 100% disabled and receive a maximum of special monthly compensation. Now, before you start thinking about getting that Lamborghini, to get 9000 a month, it's unlikely that you're going to live very long. You really have to be in horrible shape physically and mentally. Now, the next thing is your spouse or caregiver can apply for and receive monthly financial support. Well, what do you have to do to prove that? Well, pretty much you just apply. You know, if you really are there at home caring for a veteran, then you're going to win. It's that simple. Uh, If you're wealthy, probably not, but then why would you bother? It's not that much money. It's a few hundred a month, but why not? Can you lose an award after you've been given it? The answer to that is yes. So think about whether you want to apply for something new. When I last applied, I went from 50% that I currently had to 0% on the day they received my application. Then it ended up at 90% and went to 95% on appeal, which rounded out to 100%. You're following 50 to 0 to 90 to 95 to 100. Your VSO will explain the risks. However, if you are worse, apply. No one else is going to do that for you. This is literally 
something that you have to do. Your VA doctor's not going to do it. They're not going to recommend it. Nothing is going to occur. Your VSO is not going to recommend these things because you haven't told them. That's why. Okay, let's look at one that I personally find very confusing, but I guarantee it's real. PTSD, depression, and anxiety are diagnosed separately by the VA. If you have PTSD, then you probably should apply for depression and anxiety too. The VA won't add these for you. You have to do it, even if it's in your medical records. However, you can have depression and or anxiety without PTSD. So think about it. If you're applying for or have PTSD, but you've never applied for depression or anxiety, that's one you might want to think about and add. Uh, Even if you are being treated for depression or anxiety, panic attacks, that sort of thing, um, the VA won't do anything unless you ask them. They're not searching for things to give to you. Will your VA or military doctors suggest that you should apply for VA disability? The answer is no, because they can't. Nor can they write you a nexus letter for you. That's a letter written by doctors saying they think you have a disease or injury that is related to your service. Personally, I think nexus letters are a waste being if your claim is real, it's already in some doctor's records. However, it's your call. Your VSO will probably talk to you about it if they think you need it. Um, But I don't know why you're applying for something you've never been treated for. Just saying. Okay, sexual harassment and rape. Most commonly, as you would expect, this involves women, but men get harassed and raped too. Often, people assume that being it wasn't reported at the time, and that certainly if you go back a few decades, nobody reported it because usually the person that harassed or raped was their CO or senior NCO, and it stopped there. They didn't believe you, you had no one else to complain to, and you suddenly found yourself ostracized because you were the bad person picking on that wonderful captain or colonel that everybody loved. Ah, well, fortunately, things have changed a lot. That if you have an undocumented claim, write in detail what occurred pardon me for that I forgot to unplug it if you have an undocumented claim write in detail what occurred who did it dates and if possible written support from a friend you told about it also start getting mental health counseling It's not a big deal to ask. 
typically you will be brought in in a day or two. Your mental health counseling becomes your medical record of the incidents. It's important. You know, you say, hey, it was years ago. I don't want to talk about it. It was horrible. I have nightmares still. Get counseling. Make it part of your medical record. This is key. Can you get VA disability if you are retired from the military? Yes, if your disability award is 50% or more. It doesn't hurt to apply. If you don't get an award of 50%, then you just select to stay on retirement. But getting 50%, if you put in 20-plus years, shouldn't be that difficult. It's really not that hard. I'm going to close out this podcast with an explanation of VA math. It works like this. When you apply and are awarded VA disability, the largest award is what they start with. In my case, it was 60%. Now, let's say you develop tinnitus. That's ringing in yours. It's also pronounced tinnitus, which apparently is something on the East Coast, and I'm sticking with tinnitus. Okay, tinnitus is an automatic 10%. Never more, never less. It is also difficult to not get it if you apply. Now, that doesn't mean if you're lying about it, you're automatically going to get 10%. These audiologists are pretty smart, and they catch it when you really aren't making a lot of sense, and you will be denied, and you pretty much will never be able to apply again for that. So, you get your 10%. However, being you have 60% now, you will only get 40% of the new 10%. Okay, you had 60%, and now you get another 10 but you only get 40% of that, or 4%. Now, 4% added to 60% gives you, ta-da, 64%. And... 1 through 4% is rounded down. So you get 60%. No change. Okay. If you had applied for something else and gotten, say, 20%, that's pretty low, so pretty easy. That would have been 40% up 20% or 8%, which would have given you, when you add it to the 60, 68%. And everything from five to nine is rounded up. In this case, it would be 70%, which is a new compensation level. This is why it's so difficult to get 90% and then apply to get 100%. And getting 100% really is a big deal. It increases your compensation by 75%, almost double, from the 90% award. So it's worth the effort. Now, this is 
the part that is really hard to understand. To get 100% from 90%, you need another, anybody with me yet? You need another 50%. Now, some of you are going, well, wait a minute. If I'm only going to get 10% of the next award and I need, let's see, I'm going to need 100%. And no, you need 50% because of rounding. Okay, think of this. You're at 90%. Your next award will only be 10% of the award amount. Or in this case, you need 5%. 90% plus 5% is 95, which gets rounded to 100%. Yes, it is extremely confusing. There is a little broader explanation of this on our website, you're welcome to take a look at that or give me a call. I'm just here to help people. So call me at 303-618-6131, 303-618-6131, or email me at info, I-N-F-O, at E-P-C-C-P-V.org. If you have any questions at all about this or anything else that has to do with the VA, due to time, I haven't discussed the major benefits at the awards level of 10, 30, 50, 70, and 100%. It's not just more monthly compensation. Give me a call and I'll explain. Each of those plateaus gives you something that you don't get at lower levels. So just think about how you can get more support at these various levels. Okay, I didn't do too bad on this. It's only a half an hour. So here is a message from our Sponsor. Yes, we actually have a sponsor that pays the bills and keeps the light on. All Things Military and Veteran is proudly sponsored by Native Roots Cannabis Company, Colorado's leading locally grown and owned dispensary chain. Native Roots has been our largest donor since we were founded four years ago, and I think Thank them with all of my heart. They have 20 locations in Colorado, and Native Roots is ready to educate and serve adult use and medical patients alike. Thank you for listening to All Things Military and Veteran Podcast. We can be found on over a dozen podcast apps, including Apple Podcasts, Google Podcast and Spotify. We hope you find our programs rewarding and informative. Feel free to contact us at info at epccpv.org or call me directly at 303-618-6131. Thank you for listening, and I hope you found today's podcast informative. Stay safe.